Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. You know that one of my most downloaded episodes of all time was the one about vaginas, and we're going deeper today. We have TikTok, Instagram, breakout star, OBGYN, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln on the show today. If you go onto her TikTok, you will see that she says she is the health class that you never had in high school, but there's no actual medical advice. She's just sharing information about things that maybe we should know about. And we're having some pretty important conversations today and some little faults of my own, I'm going to add. And forgive my voice. I lost it a few weeks back when we recorded this. So just bear with the little squeak toy that I am. I really hope you take time to listen today and enjoy the show. Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have made such a name for yourself by being somebody that goes there, down there, and on social media. (laughs) How that, see, that terrifies me. I'm already afraid of saying and doing the wrong thing, but you're an expert in the field of basically our vaginas and uteruses and the whole reproductive system. And then going on to social media to sort of talk and share about that. How did you come to that decision to, to put yourself out there in that way? Yeah. Well, no, thank you for having me. Um, I love what you've done and what you've built and that you're just like an honest person out there. There's so much garbage out there, right? Yeah, there's and so a lot I think, of garbage. Especially for those of us as women, like we just get bombarded with so much yeah. stuff, whether it's how your body's supposed to look or smell or feel mm-hmm, or what you're supposed mm-hmm. to want. And in my professional life, seeing what that does to people, it destroys them, whether yeah. it's, you know, mental health issues, relationship issues, self-esteem issues, And so I just jumped on Instagram in a professional way a few years ago, just because I wanted to connect with other really female physicians, because we're in kind of this weird spot where, you know, we are in a field dominated by men and we have these, you know, this training and sometimes we still feel like we're ignored. And so having this little group of people who are also moms and who get Mm -hmm. that, you know, we still have to worry about the cupcakes and and carry that mental load. And it just, it was fun to see people like that. And then I just saw that there is just so much misinformation out there. And I thought I could break it down in a way that's fun, not shameful, counteract where stuff, you know, the stuff that's gone off the rails 
because just like you, I'm on my phone and I'm, you know, consuming yeah. content. So it yeah. really helped me to see what was out there. And then, yeah, I do. I mean, I don't get it right all the time. And I've definitely, I've learned so much from people who are said, you know, I think you should have said it this way, or actually this is what we're worried about. So I feel like I learned just as much, which is super fun because like you see, right. You see the trends that are out there and you go, oh my goodness, we need to talk about this today. (laughs) Yeah. And you sort of like positioned yourself as the person to sort of talk about a lot of these things that we didn't really learn in high school. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like where you are, but where I am, I remember my oldest daughter came to us a few years ago and she like asked a question and I looked at my husband and I was like, wait, what? Why is she asking us this? And, Mm -hmm. and he was like, they're not teaching sex ed in schools anymore. And I was, oh, oh my gosh. And I was just like, all of a sudden there was like this panic where I was like, okay, even, but even within that, okay, they're not learning much in school anymore. They've got like the basics. When I was a kid, I remember my mom gave me a book and we learned a little bit about that in school. And I still did not even see my own vagina until Mm -hmm. after I'd given birth and I was doing like the wellness. I don't know what I was comparing it to. I don't know what I, I don't have no point of reference, but I just, (laughs) that was the first experience and it was just checking my stitches Mm -hmm. after birth. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't. You're not alone. You're yeah. not alone. And so I think, so your listeners right now, what they should do yeah. is after they're done listening to this, first of all, take a deep breath and let the rage <laughs> subside. And then <laughs> look up. And if you've got kids in school, go see what the state laws are in your yeah, state. Yeah, because yeah. here's a really fun fact for you. Out of the states that do have sex education, only 17 of them require that it be medically accurate. So that means oh. that they can offer this education, but it doesn't have to be accurate, which I don't understand. Like, why would you teach something if it doesn't have to be right? Like, it's just, you're doing more harm. And so a lot of states, you know, there's a lot of politics that have gotten into it, which is silly because it's just biology. So this idea that we're talking about these things in schools, if you're not talking about it at school, chances are you're not talking about it at home because the argument will just let parents talk about it. That would be super cool. Mm-hmm. If we gave parents the tools to do it and if all parents felt comfortable and not yeah. all of them do. So when we do that, then, you know, you end up like, like you and me, like as adults, we're like, wait, where even is the clitoris? Or like how many of your listeners have looked, have taken a mirror and looked down there looked and like know it. what's yeah. normal yeah. so that if something pops up, they can be like, hmm, that's different. And it's not about teaching your kids about like all the ins and the outs of every little thing, but you can have yeah. age appropriate conversations. And when you do that, you just set them up for success because then they're going to feel like, oh, wow, if something is wrong, I don't feel ashamed asking my gynecologist about it or my yeah. mom about it. And yeah. And things, things get really put pushed aside, especially in reproductive health. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've read a lot of the stats when it comes to the lack of diagnosis. I'm in Canada. So things are a little bit sometimes of a slower process, but they, are, you know, a lot of times it's like pushing for diagnosis. And if you don't know what a baseline or what's normal, how mm-hmm. can you know that your period pain is abnormal or that your discharge is abnormal? Or how do you know that it's completely normal? And that like yeah. these bleach stains in our underwear is not like the worst. It's not a horrible mm-hmm. thing. All of these things that I feel like I've learned from TikTok. All of these, oh, like, same, right? I had like, no idea amazing. people were freaking out. If nobody knows what we're talking about, there was this whole thing going around that, like, you know, your discharge can stain your underwear, and it's and it, it could be dangerous or all these things. I had no idea people were freaking out about that, mm. and so I learned that from TikTok that yeah. I needed to. And then, of course, you know, I talked about it and, and yeah. it got covered. But yeah, people, I, I was shocked because I come from a privileged position where not only do I feel like I'm educated, but I'm really educated because yeah. this is literally my field. But I did not know that people, to the degree to which so many people don't know that if you're dying from your period, that's not normal. Yeah. How many people are walking around thinking it's normal that you're just 
out of commission for a week every yeah. month. Yeah. Could you imagine if guys had something like that? And like, like let's just have a moment here. <laughs> I know. I was I was with a girlfriend once and she was saying how well, basically her period came in the middle of hanging out. And she was like, does anybody have a tampon or anything? And we're sort of all like scrounging our purses. And one of the people's husbands said to them, he goes, you know, that's so like so weird that you guys are just like surprised when your period comes. If my penis bled once a month, I would know for sure what day that was going to be. And I'm like, it's so bizarre how normalized, like we literally bleed out for a month and it's like a painful experience. I had, um, there's a brand here in Canada called Someday and they mm-hmm. have, they make like uterus shaped, like heating pads and, and stuff. And Aww. they have these machines that can replicate period pain. And my oh, husband I and think- I did it side by oh side. Gosh, he made amazing. it to like a level, six or seven and I was like sitting at a nine and she's like how are you doing it I'm like it just feels like early labor and she's right. like you're just feeling like you're in labor and you're just sitting there as calm as possible my husband's like jumping up like nope can't do it but right. when you know that next period I have he's like he, do you need anything yeah I know and I think that it starts when you're young and you teach your kids what a period is and you mm-hmm. give them the language to say this hurts and it's not okay if this hurts and there's treatments yeah. and we can help out and it doesn't have to be this way. But unless you have that language to know what's normal, then you're certainly not going to know what's abnormal. Yeah. And I think when shame is added on top of that, we're not mm-hmm. going and getting our proper paps. I remember the first yeast infection I ever had. I didn't have the normal symptoms of, of it. Like I didn't have any of that discharge. So I just kept discrediting and discrediting that it was mm-hmm. anything wrong until it was like fully blown. And it was like shame that resisted me from getting help. I actually have a funny story for you too. I actually had shingles on my vagina in 2020. Stop it. Yeah. As if 2020 wasn't terrible enough. You I know. Sh- you poor thing. I got thing. shingles. I remember going to my, it was, it was, it was a funny story, but like uh, when I went to the doctor. I can't wait to see how this is going to be a funny story. Cause it sounds like a very well, painful, terrible story. I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, I had come, I had come home from a trip. Anybody who follows me knows the story. Cause I, I'm very entertained by it now. And it's like my party <laughs> trick to be like, I one time. No, but I can't come home from a traveling trip. And apart from my husband, I was working, student a keynote at West and I flew home and, and I had this itchiness and I thought it was, you know, a yeast infection, but as Mm -hmm. it sort of, I remember the one day I wiped and there was a little bit of blood and I was like, that's bizarre. And I took a mirror and saw immediately blisters all over my vagina. Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking, there's no way he's going to believe me that I didn't do anything and that this isn't somehow an STI. Now, when I began talking about it, one thing I really learned was a lot of the shame and stigmas around STIs. That that was Mm -hmm. a learning moment for me. Some of the language I was using around being like how terrified and awful that would be and and realizing that, that, you know, a lot of people have them. So I ended up going to the doctor and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I didn't do anything. Like I felt like I was about to be interrogated. Like, did you cheat on your husband? And I'm sitting there and I'm just like freaking out about, I'm like, maybe it's been dormant in my body for like Mm -hmm. Googled. Apparently that's like a thing. And I'm like going off the rails on like how I don't, how I have not had an affair and now have a form of an STI. And so she's like, okay, like listens to me ramble for a good 10 minutes stressing out. And then she's like, okay, let's just take a look. And I, she gets down there and she's like, oh, it's shingles. And I go, oh, my vagina. She goes, oh yeah, you're the (laughs) second one I've seen this month. She goes, so that's good news, right? And I'm like, 
well, good news that it's, you know, not an STI, but bad news that it's my lifestyle and body stress that is causing, basically that's what happened. I was, I was overworked and stressed out and Mm -hmm. I got shingles on my vagina. Since that occurrence, I've had so many women who've been like, it was only because you shared that it was possible that I went and figured out that that's what it was, that you could actually get shingles there. It was a horrible, worse than childbirth experience. But oh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, one of those things where I for learned sure, really right? fast. Because like, think we don't share about these things. People don't know. So we're yeah. all in these little silos. And you're right. The shame with STIs. I just did an episode on my podcast, maybe one or two ago, where I talk about the history of the language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's crazy how some, where yeah. some of these words came from and why we call it different things and just how common that they can be. But we slut shame, right? Yes. Like the girls who yes. have herpes. Oh my God. But yeah. the guy who gets something like good for him, like, you know, or you know what? He didn't it. Do was it was funny. I remember being in high school and it was like, it ha, to ha, him, ha, you know? Ha. Yeah, exactly. And so it's very much, you know, we can pretend all day that these things don't exist, but they do. And the way that we change it is by talking about them. And so that's why I love when I see there's some TikTok accounts and some social media accounts about people who just talk about having herpes or having HPV or, you know, which everybody has. It's just really cool to see people who are like, I don't care. I'm going to talk about it and whatever, like no big deal. And then young people can be like, oh yeah, this is not like the end all be all. We see this with so many diseases that get stigmatized and then people Mm -hmm. don't get treated and then they do end up having problems. And it's just ridiculous. This shame overlay, which has to do with, you know, so much of reproductive health. And I wonder like, and I, and I would like to hear your opinion on this as well, but when talking about it with kids and we talk about sort of d- different sex education points, I really love the Instagram page, Sex Positive Families. It's really changed oh, the way I talk about amazing. sex. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think there's, I d- yes, love. I think there's a lot of fear around if I talk with my kids about sex, they're going to be curious and they're going to go into things. And it's so opposite of like statistically mm. what happens when we actually educate our children on sex. But there's a lot of these things and, and I don't ever want to be somebody that adds to the stigma of certain things mm-hmm. like unplanned pregnancies or STIs, but you still like, I remember being a kid, the reasons why we were, you know, sort of pushed to not have sex was by mm-hmm. some of these fears. So how do we encourage safe sex while not mm-hmm. adding sort of to the stigma of some of the consequences of sex? Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head that so much of when we do talk about sex, like when they even get it in school, it's this fear that you have sex Mm -hmm. and only bad things can happen, which sets us up for so much harm when we're older and we're having pain or we're having issues or let's just call it out. Sometimes we just have sex because it feels good. And that is fine if that's not part of your belief system. If you believe in abstinence only, you know, until marriage, that's fine. But we know that that kind of education doesn't help and it actually harms people. I think it can be helpful for parents to know that when we talk about this stuff, statistically, they're not more likely to have sex sooner. In fact, they're more likely to delay it. And then when they do, they do it more safely. So Mm -hmm. I think we have to remove our adult interpretation of these things. So the way that I frame it is, yes, you have sex to, you can have sex to, to make a baby or people sometimes have sex because it feels good. And if you choose it, you just have to be aware that certain things can happen and here's how you do it more safely. And of course you tailor that conversation you know, to different ages. I think that we just forget that we were kids once too. And we were teenagers once too. And like, think about the conversation you wish your parents had had with you. And if you don't feel comfortable, I hear you. A lot of that is how can we expect so many layers of shame that were put on us to be undone? And that's why I love having good resources. So like you mentioned, Sex Positive Families is an amazing website, is an amazing book, and it can help with these conversations. I think a great trick as a parent is you have these resources in your house 
and you just leave them out. And then you'll uh, find that your kids will find their ways to them. And yeah. so many, you know, parents that I know, you know, I've written a book too, which is not like the first, like where do babies come from book, but it's sort of yeah. the next <laughs> book after that. But my friends who've got, you know, teenagers, you know, going off to college, they leave it in the bathroom, they leave it around mm-hmm. and then they find them reading it. And then they ask their mom, Hey mom, can we, you know, I have a question about this or, you know, and it's really cool because then you're telling them that you're a safe space to go to. And it's yes. fine if you don't have the answers and it's fine if it makes you uncomfortable when your kids see that you're like, I don't know, let's figure it out together. Yeah. They're more likely to come to you than to go to TikTok, which yes, there's some good stuff out there. There's also some bad stuff out there. I think that can be a really good technique to talk about it. Just remember that when you demonize sex, you are setting your kids up for a lifetime of shame when it comes to sex. And yeah, the vast majority of us don't just have sex the two times we want to have kids in our lives, right? Like, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's and it's sort of layered too. It's sort of like you are such a sexual being and then you become a mother and like that, that right is like stripped from you and you don't know how to like navigate mm-hmm. what your body is capable of, what your needs are. I grew up and I'm not, not by my parents. My parents were very, like I would say as sex positive as could be for us like they were very encouraging to like my education about it Mm -hmm. and stuff but I still grew up in a bit of a church environment where there was a Mm -hmm. lot of purity culture that was taught like I think I had a little signed card in my wallet saying I was never gonna have sex but Mm -hmm. what I found interesting about this and it's only something I've unpacked in the last few years is it it basically put so much shame around sex that I didn't even know how to advocate for myself during sex. I didn't know how to actually have an orgasm or actually enjoy the process of sex. It just felt like it was something I was to do as like my duty as a woman. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's something that as, you know, we talk about these things and unpack it. Like if you if my children grow up and they choose to have sex, which I'm assuming they will, I don't want them to do it out of obligation or out of shame or fear. Uh, I want them to actually know how to advocate for themselves, know where things are. And that's not something that I can teach them. So I like the idea of being able to just have information out there so they're not going to some of these resources because I've seen some of the stuff out there. It's all around the shame of like, if you have bumps, if you, if you're like, there's, vaginal plastic surgeries now that are about like having it be like as cute as possible, small as possible. And there's like the smells of it and you're made Mm -hmm. to feel so shameful about basically every layer of your humanity when it comes to your sexuality and men are just like dicks out, like rocking it. Right, right. It's it's really (laughs) hard to be a girl and then go into a sexual relationship where sex ends when the man finishes. But what about the woman, right? Right. And I I don't want that. I don't want them to get into the same cycle I did where it was like, well, I guess that's sex. Like that's just the end of it, right? right? And you're supposed to fake it because you literally exist just to be this, you know, yeah. Undes- you know, you're just there to help somebody else. And that's why we have a huge orgasm gap in this country. Mm. And, and I think so much of it is that we put shame, like you hit on purity culture. That's totally where it's at, which is this yeah. whole idea that we have to be pure and clean and wonderful. And then we get married and then we're just supposed to please our partner. And, and we're supposed to know all these tricks, right? That yeah. nobody taught us. And yeah. we're supposed to suppress until the moment we get married. Yeah. And it's so harmful. And this idea that just asking to feel good is somehow controversial, but it goes Mm. even beyond the bedroom. It's the fact that as mothers, that we're, we should be allowed to say, I need a, I need help and I can't carry this load anymore or I don't deserve to be burnt out or every holiday that comes, it's all on me. So when you teach them to advocate in the bedroom, it's showing them that they're a whole person everywhere. And I think we as parents Uh, can all agree that that's what we want for our kids, especially our daughters in this day and age. (laughs) 
There is nothing I love more than seeing my friends win. And I would love to see you win. There's nothing better than sitting beside a friend and hearing that known chiching sound. If you don't know what that sound means, well, it's the Shopify new sale sound. Maybe this is your sign that this year, finally, forget about all those run-of-the-mill resolutions and things that people start talking about around New Year's, and instead, think about how you can take that thing that you've been dying to do and start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. You'll be shocked at how many big businesses and small businesses are using the Shopify platform to sell. Whether you're selling earrings or fine art, your creations from the heart, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I see this all the time. People are getting burnt out. They have something that they love and they want to be able to sell it, but they get so caught up in how much work it takes to run those sales that it drives them away from doing the work they love and away from their craft and their business. So this is a great way to bring it all back home, free up that time because Shopify covers every sales channel from in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, and Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. We love to see it. I've run a small business before. My friends have run small businesses. So many of my really close friends are literally making a living off of their businesses that are running through Shopify platforms. I think it's absolutely amazing what they're doing. Right now, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash papaya, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash papaya to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash papaya. Let's get back to today's chat. Hi, I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no one. No one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands of which we have multiples and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Yeah, it's also just that whole mentality around like the blue balls and men like like mm-hmm. it's a necessity for them to have <laughs> orgasms and for right. girls it's just like well I mean if you have one it's fine and cute and I'm like good for you but like it's yeah. not a it's not a necessary part to like our psyche or, or or what we've ever been told is important for our well being so like I can understand where some of that shame lies but as somebody who's like sort of now been creating and you've probably been hit with a ton of questions where mm-hmm. do you find that women are, are are falling into the gap the most when it comes to shame around themselves their bodies mm-hmm. and their sexuality yeah so many but I would say so much of it has to do with kind of the stuff you hit on already. Mm. Is, is, does it look normal? Does it smell normal? 
should I use X, Y, or Z product? Because every day there is like a new thing. It's like whack-a-mole that pops up on TikTok, whether it's a vajayshal or it's a, it's a suppository or it's a spray or a whatever. And I tell people like, you can use whatever you want, whatever makes you feel pretty, go for it. Some of these are really harmful. And I want you to first step back and think, why do you think you need that? Is it because mm. the opposite of doing that means that somehow you'll have hair and oh my goodness, that's so gross. Like do what you want down there for you. But there's yes. just such an idea of like, you hit the cute, the pretty, basically prepubescent. That's what yeah. porn culture is. It's it's the barely 18. And that really is so damaging because like you said, so many people have never looked down at their vulva or their labia. So they don't know what's normal. The first time they look and they see that maybe their inner lips do come out, which is normal, mm-hmm. but they go, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. So then they need a surgery, which these people are on TikTok talking about labiaplasties, talking about these surgeries. And I want to just scream so much of it. I think is people don't know what's normal. They assume Mm -hmm. when they don't see themselves represented, then they have to do something. And we are in this culture of, well, if we buy something, if I have a kit or a detox or a cleanse, then it must be better. And so often it's not. And it just bothers me so much when it's other women Mm -hmm. who are making these products. Cause I'm like, you know, exactly what insecurities to hit because you probably have them too. Like, how dare you? (laughs) You know, there's an Instagram account that's like art based because it's, it's interesting. I've worked a lot in like the body shame arena and and you're Mm -hmm. really showing up in my own body to sort of normalize some of the things that happen through change in postpartum or whatever those things might be. A big one for me was obviously my stretch marks, which I'd never seen represented, Mm -hmm. but we can't really represent vaginas on social media, but there is a page called the vulva gallery and they do artistic drawings of it. That page, I must have found it five, six years ago or something like that. And it really, from one of my births, my labia has like a small slit that the stitches didn't take to. And I remember mm-hmm. being like every partner, I'd be like, oh my God, just, just so you know, like I am a little, and they're like, I don't even notice. Like I don't even, right. they're just don't even know what you're talking about. Like why are you, they don't <laughs> even care. And it was like all I could think about to the fact that like, I could not relax because I was like, they can, they can tell that I had this, I had have this thing. And it's yeah. actually so now that I look at it, I'm like, it's so small. And I was so right. stressed for right. so long about this. And like, oh. it's just not reality. But that yeah. vulva gallery page was a really good one to sort of get it. Like when you take that mirror to yourself, you're like, great. Now, what do I have to compare off of porn? Yeah. which is not an, not a realistic scope of the facets of what a vagina or vulva can totally. look or what a vulva looks like. And so I think that pages like that can really make a difference in mm-hmm. the way that we view what is normal. Like I even birthing pages, getting to see, those are like one of the rare ones you actually can see mm-hmm. a vulva every once in a while. And it's, I mean, really, it's really fascinating to see the diverse beauty of the woman's body and stuff as well, instead of this one form of marketed product. But as we talk about shame and things like, one thing that comes up for me is like smells and discharge. Those are, Mm -hmm. I remember there was, I think it was Amy Schumer, maybe it was Amy Schumer, and she made a joke about having like a snail trail in her underwear. And that was the first time I had ever heard. I think that was her, yeah. Yeah, it was the <laughs> first time I've ever heard discharge acknowledged. Right. And I mean, you know, as a as an OB, women, we're about to go show you everything, but we still like tuck our underwear with anything that might be on it, like underneath oh, yeah. everything, like, please don't look. I do the same, I still do the same thing at home. If my underwear is right. like in the laundry hamper, I always make sure it's turned down because it's like, I know that there's like discharge showing in my under, I haven't had a day where I haven't had that. Right. So it's a very normal thing, but how do we 
remove shame from it, but also know and pay attention to when things aren't normal Mm -hmm. so that we can seek that help because that can come in the form of discharge, can come in the form of smells and odors that maybe can alert us to something going on. But how do we define when that is versus just a normal occurrence of us maybe just smelling what our body is smelling like? Well, I think it just goes back to this idea that we're not supposed to be seen or heard, especially in the Mm. bedroom. And so this idea that discharge is somehow dirty when it's just vaginal secretions is totally, like you said, healthy and normal. But we're like, oh gosh, it means I'm here or like, like it's on my underwear. How embarrassing. And it's not, it's totally normal and healthy. And, you know, in terms of the education of knowing what to tell people, I tell people, if you're worried about it, number one, let us know, or if it's itching or burning or a different color, causing you, you know, any concern, you know, has an odor that's just new for you. Let us know before you try all the home stuff, which, you know, again, you go on TikTok and they're like, put yogurt and garlic and whatever other salad dressing you have up there. Please oh, don't. I've literally Please, done those things no. before. Yeah. And then people because were like, think you're like, don't oh, do it's that. Neutral. I was like, oh, I right. heard it worked. <laughs> right. I thought I was supposed to make a whole, you know, yeah. a whole Greek yeah. salad. I literally um, put a, I, yeah, Greek salad. I literally put garlic cloves on my. <laughs> oh yeah. I have a YouTube video about yeah. that if you'd like yeah. to check that out. All about the data. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, listen, I say this and yet I'm the same person when I go to my gynecologist because mm-hmm. it's just, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to put the underwear here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so maybe next time, like, I'm just going to leave it out. I'm, like, Fuck this. I'm going to leave it out. Like I'm yeah. going to do it as this is my act of resistance. Like I'm going to get my mammogram in an hour after I chat with you. Like maybe I won't hide my bra. Maybe I just will. But I think it's yeah, okay yeah. to own that we live in this society where, you know, and I'm in a house with, you know, I've got two sons and a husband. I do the same thing. Yeah. I put my underwear under Yeah, yeah and yeah. Do my boys do that. They don't care. They're yeah, like, they don't whatever, care. you know? So Maybe if we just do one small thing every day to undo it, but know that it's okay when you have literally been immersed in this kind of upbringing forever. So just celebrate the small victories and know that it takes years for people to even be able to say the word vagina out loud sometimes. Mm. So if you can maybe, you know, teach your kid that vagina is just like earlobe, it's the same thing, you know, it's tiny little victories and you'll get there. (laughs) So one thing that I would like to ask is basically how can we be better about taking back ownership of our reproductive health? I get like those little notifications to get a pop smear and it just feels like, Mm -hmm. like how, just talk to us about like the importance of actually doing this stuff whether it's breast exams or getting a pap smear. Um, Yeah. Like I just, I know it's important, but I think Mm -hmm. it's a a super good time to like have those reminders from somebody who's an expert in the field and knows the sort of tragedies that can happen Mm -hmm. by not being proactive about our health, especially because most of us that need to be checked on are really busy checking on everybody else. Well, and that's the key. So that's how I want you to frame it is I know, you know, in like a mom myself, I can say, oh, I can wait another six months or I can do it next year or whatever, because I got to do X, Y, and Z. But if think if you had a daughter, I don't, mm. I know that you do, but think yeah. if you did, like, what would you want them to be that way when they were 20 or 30 or 40? Of course, she would say, no, you need to go and I will do whatever. It's going to take two hours and you just need to do it. Have the same level of concern for yourself that you have for others, because like you said, there are tragedies and there's really no reason that we should have anybody with cervical cancer in this country in this day and age between vaccines and screening. Like it should be the exception. Same thing goes with, you know, other sorts of things that we can, we can check up on. And it's not just about getting your pap test, but it's checking in and being like, Hey, is sex? Okay. Are your periods? Okay. You know, when you do need breast screening, you know, and mammograms. So just know that treat yourself 
with the same love and compassion that you would treat others. Because when you're, especially if you're a parent, when your kids see you doing that for yourself too, then they realize then they're going to internalize that. So they won't have to undo that when they're, when they're adults. So yeah, I'm going to get my mammogram in an hour. And I thought about canceling it yesterday. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, I need to finish Christmas shopping. Da, da, da. And I thought, no, because what if, what if, you yeah. know, God forbid something does come back and I don't do it for six months. And I would have thought, oh, I should have done that. So here I am sitting here with my no deodorant on because, you know, God, you can't have deodorant. Eight. Why? You can't have deodorant? Yeah, after no. Yeah, you're not supposed to because it can kind of no mess idea. up some of the, you know, interesting some of the images. So, yeah. but it's all good. You know what? Like, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to think, oh my gosh, I stink. But this is a great example of I'm a, a vagina doctor and I never care or notice like this is their job. So don't feel shame and go and get it done and take care of yourself and the other stuff can wait. Okay. Last question. When this one's going to come down to like pleasure and getting to know ourselves in a new way. What are some ways that we can sort of self, men aren't going to teach us our own bodies, although they would love to try. But for a lot of people <laughs> who maybe grew up in a culture that it was like really shameful to have self-pleasure, how is like, what is like a great entry point to like getting to know ourselves in mm -hmm. that way and start advocating for that in the bedroom amidst all the unlearning of shame that we might have? Yeah. I think the first thing is knowing what's, what the heck is down there. So grabbing that hand mirror yeah. and just spending some time taking a look mm -hmm. and say, oh, when I touch here, this feels good. When I touch here, mm -hmm. this doesn't feel so good. And that is really fine and normal. Trust me, guys know what feels good. Yeah, and telling yeah. your partner that and being like, oh, I tried this and this feels really good. Most guys, or they want they want the directions. They're like, please yeah. tell me. And the ones that yeah. don't, that's a really great information point for you to decide whether or not maybe you want them to still be there or not, because yes. they should be invested in your pleasure. Yes. And I think that when you, you've never been taught the anatomy or what these things are, you've just been told that if you masturbate, you're, you're going to hell one-way ticket. <laughs> it's a lot to overcome. Yeah. And I will say, I do have YouTube videos on how to masturbate, what the clitoris is like. Oh, amazing. Um, the kinds of toys, because I was like, you know, what's something I wish somebody would have told me? You know, yeah. And a safe place in... to look and see it without it right. being, you know, uh, like pornography. Right. Exactly. And it's not me trying to sell you a vibrator, yeah. or any, you know, so there's yeah. literally no skin in the game. So that's out there, but there's lots of other good content like that too. And other good websites, but don't be afraid to check it out and spend some time with yourself because I, I guarantee you, you're not going to, you're not going to leave. And it's not like a, a one and done, like, oh, now I know how to, everything feels great. Especially if you've got a lot of shame that you have to overcome. And if you feel like you're doing all these things and you're still really struggling, there's a reason that therapists and sex therapists exist mm -hmm. because overcoming mm -hmm. purity culture can be really hard to do on your own. So don't hesitate to reach out if you feel like you're like, something's just not clicking. Yeah. I remember I podcasted with Dr. Lori Brado and she was all around, you know, the lack of female pleasure being so mindful. Like it's, the, mm -hmm. it's, it's our minds and the, the blockages that we have basically created, not for ourselves, but have been conditioned on us through shame mm -hmm. and through all these things and, and recognizing those connections. I've met multiple people who have never experienced an orgasm in their life and have yeah. no explanation why, and have just sort of like allowed that to be their story. And I remember just being like this, there has to be like, they've tried all the toys. It doesn't matter if you don't actually figure out why your mind can't get to the place that it exactly. needs to in order exactly. to experience those things. So these conversations yeah. are huge. They're important. I think some of your advice was so cool. I think the biggest thing I've learned today is just like having access to information within your home that you trust and mm -hmm. leaving it out. So you're not having to like read these things out for your kids, but having it available, yeah. which is so funny that you're saying that. And that's literally what my mother did for me. I remember oh, it I so clearly. <laughs> because I remember it so clearly because I thought that sex was like 
penis and vagina. And then I just like sat there. And I remember that book <laughs> revealing to me that there was like movement involved. And I was like, what? Just blew your mind, right? Yeah. And then there was like a whole back of the book that had all the slang words and what they meant. And I remember it just blew my mind pun intended, yeah. that yeah. blowjob was sucking a dick. And I was like, wait, wait and not what? Blow, yeah. Why would they call it a blowjob? It's so opposite. Yeah. And for but me, you know, learned. did not come up with any of that. And in my Catholic school, and I grew up thinking like, why would you blow on it? Like, how does that feel <laughs> good? You know, How is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much I learned from like that one little book that my parents just like had available right. for me. And yet I hear I'm like, yeah. how am I going to get my kids to understand and yeah. advocate? And that's such a good point. I need to have access to those things. So you have some books, you have a podcast, you have a TikTok, you have an Instagram, you are everywhere educating so many people, YouTube. Where can everyone look up and find you? Where's the best place to do yeah. that? Yeah. So probably my website, which is just Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, drjenniferlincoln.com. That'll get you to my socials and my book and my podcast, which if anybody here has questions they want to ask me, you can go there. You just call. I have a Viva La Vulva voicemail, which I love the name of it, where you can just call and record a question or you can send a voice DM. And I'm, you know, so far I've answered questions on my podcast about IUDs. The one that just came out today was about um, sex after menopause, like Ooh. people not knowing that it's not supposed to hurt. Yeah. Um, the whole thing on STIs, is birth control really evil? So much fun, but there's still so many more questions to be answered. So, oh, so you can many. find me there and follow along and we'll just have fun. Awesome. And thank you so much for everything you're doing. You're obviously killing it. You've got like almost 3 million followers on TikTok, a ton on Instagram. Everyone's just really ready for this type of conversation and this information that even I, I'm in my mid thirties. And I'm just like, I learned something new about the anatomy I've carried my whole life every day. I and I think that's yep. so cool. What a powerful, the age of information it can be so good. And I think it combats all of the stuff that was made us, made us feel so crappy about who we are mm -hmm. and how beautiful those things are. So thank you so, so much for your time. And for everyone listening, I will have everything in the show notes for you as well. Go feel your best and get a pap smear. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.